Greetings, glorious humans, gentle ladies, lab men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host, JM. And I'm your co-host, Robbie. And, um, JM, I've got got some substantial updates to report this week. All right. Uh, Number one is I've got a new chair. Okay. Uh, it's really good. Thanks for asking. It's got a footrest. Yeah. It's got a footrest. A footrest. Yeah. In a, ch- on a chair. It's an office chair with a footrest. Like a like a like a big cushy office chair or like a like a no. desk office chair, like a computer chair. Yeah, like a computer chair. You know, with like just like the with um, a footrest, the mesh back, and you know, like what you would expect yeah. from an office chair. And it like kicks out from the bottom, like the footrest comes out from the bottom. Yeah, like... I've got a footrest. I've got. It. I'm using it right wow. now. You sound comfy. Yep, and I can lean the back back, and it's got a little cushion on it. So Whoa. it's like being in—I mean, not that I know what this feels like—but it's it's like what I imagine being in first class is like. Oh yeah, yeah. On a yeah, plane, okay. remember? Yeah. remember planes. I do remember planes. Yeah. Uh, I do remember airplanes. Um, well, congratulations on your first class office chair, Thanks, Robbie. Man. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's momentous. It really is. Yeah. This is the most comfortable I've ever been at work. So you're just like laying back right now, yep. like leaning kind of like a little to the side to the microphone. Yep. And just <laughs> kind of chill, chill casting. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. a horrible term you've just coined, but I'm it, is it, it chill casting? Is that? Oh, sorry. I'm standing at full attention in front of my microphone, um, uh, with a with a with a top hat on with uh, two angry bees in it. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of going for the opposite. Are those uh, your bees or someone else's bees? They are, are they stolen bees? bees. They are stolen bees. God, they are well. they are thieved bees. I thieved some bees. Ah, of course, bees. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a second update. God be praised. Okay, I um bought some new lights for my bike. That's great, yep. Robbie. Yeah, I also have a bike a bike update, but I'll I'll let you go first. Oh well, I bought some new lights for my bike, and I bought a new bell so I can ring the bell, <sighs> and nice. I bought. Uh, a little That's storage pouch for it as well um, to put your bike in. Yeah, wonderful. Just fold it up and put it in when I'm oh. done. When I'm done with it. Do wait. Do, do wait. Do you have one of those folding bikes? Did we talk Fuck about this? No. Oh, okay. So it's just a regular bicycle yeah. that has a pouch that you put stuff in. Yes. Nice. And the the lights are they like a headlight and a tail light, or are yes. they like wheel lights? It's a headlight and a tail light. Yes. Classic. Very nice. I know. So I'm nice. feeling good. I've got a new chair. I feel like I've got a new bike. I've got a yeah. new lease on life. That's great, Robbie. I feel like that was going to be the opening of a song. I got a new lease on life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that really tickled me. <laughs> Wait, hey, holy hey, crap. Hey, is that, wh- is that <laughs> notable composer David Finn just busting in laughing at your song? Yeah, it might be. I wasn't allowed to speak then, but sorry about that. Wow. He fucked up the whole intro. Wait. As long as Mark Foster doesn't say anything, we can still salvage this thing. I think so. All right. 
well, anyway, back to me. Uh, I can't remember update, the rest. Robbie? I can't remember the rest of the song. Sorry, David threw me off. That's What's he even right. doing here, anyway? Uh, he's probably going to talk about Death's Door. Death's Door. Oh, Death's Door. I it's a hit new game. adventure game. I remember from that Acid game. Nerve. It's one yeah. of those retro games. Uh, no, no, it's a modern game. I was making a joke <laughs> about it coming out a month ago. Oh, yeah, no, it's a recent, it's a modern game. It's not like retro style or anything either. Like, it's all modern style. So I don't know where you got that information, Robbie. That is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, who who made that game? It's, it's David Fenn. And oh, Mark yeah, Foster. it's David They're Fenn both and here. God, say hi. Hello. Oh, hey. Hey, Mark. Now David's not saying anything. Now David's not talking anymore. Fucking Hello. Over. There it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Considering the, best, the, the state of some of the intros we've <laughs> state the of some of the one. intros we've done. That is the best one. That is the best one. Yeah. Um welcome Hi, back guys. our first returning guests. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Oh, wow. Yep. No one else Nobody agreed else to come back come on then after the first time. Yeah. Also, that's correct. Um, we realized that Death Store came out and became a huge success, and we just both completely forgot <laughs> to talk to you about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're, we're amending that mistake. We now. were giving them time to process. That's true. That's what we were doing. Plus, they were doing interviews with, like, famous people Important and, people. you know, Twitch interviews and IGN and People Magazine. And... Yeah. So let's start there, shall we? So, uh, hello, boys. Um, hello, Mark, and hello, David. Welcome back to the show. How has life been since Death's Door happened? busy in a word <laughs> still busy yeah, yeah just fixing stuff you know the usual kind of thing um, people keep asking us to be on their podcasts just, yeah i know so busy. <laughs> it's really annoying isn't it but we so we didn't the last time we spoke we caught up um about many old times and fun times and uh titan souls and all of that business and that was before we even announced death store so but we all knew we all knew secretly the the listeners are going to be <laughs> <laughs> the listeners are going to be enraged that we lied to them for an entire episode um but congratulations i don't know if we said that properly yet but Thank uh, you. well well done well, it doesn't hurt to hear it again <laughs> congratulations thank you um it did all right didn't it I'm pretty yeah. told so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty I good. It, I hear it did well. Mm. Um, yeah. So, what was your how 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 were you feeling? I mean, how has this whole experience been for you? Let's start there. Now we can start. Start at a broad question. Let's start uh, talking about everything all at once. I'll let David go. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Um, 
pretty. I, th I think it's gradually sinking in that we've um, like hopefully actually spent the last four years using our time well and made a made a pretty decent game. So that is a nice feeling. Um, yeah, just a pretty pretty surreal time. Pretty wild. Nothing else to add, really. It's just been, it's been a wild like, few weeks. <laughs> Well, good talk, guys. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, that's it's been a real show. pleasure having you. So <clears throat> it's been four years working on Death's Door, and it's, uh, you know, it does come, go back to, you know, similar mechanics to Titan Souls. It's, you know, it's closer to that. So what was the, uh, I mean, how did you decide to, to do Death's Door? Where did it come from? Did you see a bird with a sword and go, fuck it, let's make a game about that? God, I wish I'd seen a bird with a sword. That would have been great. Um, <laughs> we, we just, we were trying to, like, prototypes of some new ideas right after Titan Souls finished uh, after it came out not finished but um, we played around with that for a while before we realized that we just couldn't be asked doing that yet so we stopped and then went and did our own separate things for a while um, we made a, an iPhone game called Telepain in that time as well for fun yeah I remember that yeah yeah I didn't so have an just... iPhone so I couldn't play it oh sorry you didn't really miss right. much, if that makes you feel any better. Aw, it's a bummer. It doesn't make me feel better. It looked cute. Yeah, it was it was cute. Not as cute as a little bird guy, though. No. But, um, yeah, we got stuck in making stuff after a few years off, after Titan Souls. Um, after we tried prototyping stuff, we took a break for, like, a year or so, and then, yeah, made something, pitched it to Volver, got the ball rolling, and then here we are. All... An elaborate ruse to get on the podcast for you guys. Exactly. <laughs> well, I I heard uh, through a much uh, less professional interview than this uh, very um, questionable media outlet, not like the very professional and not at all questionable podcast that you're currently on, that the game... As as what has become Death's Door was kind of was there like a a sort of a an original prototype or an original idea or something that you had that was more you said it was more based around bosses and it was a single door that would transport you to different areas is that right? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. So was that think... like a a different yeah a different approach to the adventure that you ended up settling on that was pretty different although it had a few things in common but i think that was kind of more boss fight related and it was kind of us just dabbling in 3d um and then we thought well let's cut let's try and approach this from the start in a different way and then we made something directly after that that was actually called death's door but again was nothing like the death's door of today oh. but i think probably had us nudged a bit closer in that direction um but yeah then we, then as mark mentioned we decided to um just call it off for a bit um so yeah like i think the the original prototypes like they didn't have crows in it and they didn't have bureaucratic offices <laughs> and they didn't have grandma and they didn't have frog king so i think they were the main issues we were having with them so the the environment, the world, the bureaucracy. Did, did you guys did you guys do all the writing? Did you bring in someone to do all the the clever writing? Or I wrote it mostly with um, some initial help from Graham Goring, who wrote um, some of the Lego games. I forget which ones. 
Oh wow, oh, cool. Um, but yeah, he he came on at the start and kind of like helped put together a few little ideas and like a story bible thing, and then we had some of those as we went went on with it, and then it was mostly just kind of like organically made as we go, like as we do each section of the game we kind of introduce characters that fit the area and like then that has an influence on what the area becomes as well and just kind of a cyclical process of adding stuff in and tweaking everything so it all fits together but then at the end of it we got him back in to like go over the script and make sure i didn't write anything crazy and uh, make, <laughs> make it all sound good and well written and that so where did the original idea come from then like what when did you sit there and go Oh, I know what I want to make this game about. I want to make it about a little crow with a sword. Like, I'm just curious how, like, where did the whole concept come from? Do you even well, know? Well, there's the a few stuff. different elements to it, I think. Like, the, the crow with a sword, that we can pinpoint to when, I think I was in Canada and Mark was in Thailand. And Mark set like, we were just caught up after not speaking for a month or so. And Mark was like, oh, yeah, I did a little uh, prototype the other day and sent it to me. And that was a crow with a sword and <laughs> really not much else whatsoever. But I was like, this is this is cool. I like this. So that's where the crow with a sword came from. But then, like, yeah, a couple of years before then was when we had doors and death. So, like, a lot of things were kind of brewing for a while. And then I feel like, you know, a lot of this, like a lot of the way that the concept was solidified, probably happened halfway through development as well. Mm. So yeah. it was it was environments, combat, you know, setting up the stages, and then that sort of from there it generated the, the the world, like the 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 beauty of the world, like the the character of the world. Yeah, I think we had um, we had like a story bible before we had any proper art so i would say oh. that the the art came because obviously to make art you need a bit of money so we have this kind of story idea and a prototype before we like realize yeah. the, the visual look of the world nice very nice did you come up with the character designs yourselves or did you work did you bring in people to help kind of create the different creatures and stuff a lot of the creatures was uh our lead artist fritz he like did concepts and stuff and some of those were just like random drawings he did that we built characters around like i think i think jefferson was originally like um graham's idea i think he maybe saw the a drawing that fritz did I, I forget which order this happened in but like i think it was fritz drew a picture of like a corpse with a squid on it and then graham saw that and said oh you should do you should have a character that's like weekend at bernie's and that, that became Jefferson really rapidly. <laughs> but yeah, um, we, um, there's, there's probably we... a bunch of more characters that we specifically said, like, oh, we want this. Like, the, the pothead, I, I definitely decided that I wanted a character who had a pot for a head, who was called yeah. Pothead, and then just got that drawn up. Yeah, I remember our original pitch to Fritz had like like a really rambling idea about the world that we wanted to create and a few and like you know we told them that we had this crow protagonist and a few of the character ideas that we had including Pothead and probably some others as well. And then I remember um we were just in really early talks with him but then out of nowhere he sent like two weeks worth of really cool sketches um that were like loads of stuff kind of just exploring the vibe that we described and then as we were looking through we we're like oh that's pothead that's our idea he's drawn it 
And then, <laughs> yeah, and then amidst those sketches, there were some things that were just like entirely Fritz's idea, but just based on what we told them about what we want from the world. So that's where like uh, Jefferson came from and stuff like that. And then, yeah, as Mark mentioned, I think actually one of the only times like four members of the team have been together at one point. In fact, the only time was really early on where Fritz was in Manchester and uh, Graham was like doing his initial helping us out with story stuff. And me and Mark were with them to like at a coffee shop or something. And I remember we were just looking through all the sketches and came up with like some of the character ideas in terms of their actual personality and story and um, like there and then basically. And then we kind of knew we knew which characters we wanted in the game from quite early on. So how oh, that sounds so, fucking magical. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's, that's the way. Like I love when I was a kid, I wanted to be an artist, and um, the 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 kind of career path as I saw it that I thought I wanted to go down, or I really wanted to go down when I was a kid, was like doing concept art for like Star Wars movies or whatever. Yeah, and I've just always been obsessed with that, like just the the this sense that there's like people out there who can just get all of this stuff out of their brain and create these like wild characters or strange contraptions or whatever you can possibly think of and then like it just and then see it realized as something in a movie or a game or wherever it may be but i just I, I, i'm fascinated by people that can just create something out of nothing like a, almost like a fully formed character just like on the page like just yeah. by looking at them you sort of know everything about them straight away yeah i was really impressed at that process because we like i think me and mark kind of we obviously we'd spoken about it so much we really did know what we wanted to go for but it's yeah. it's like always such a big challenge to, trying to explain to artists the like the vibe of your world especially if you're not very articulate like me and but I just remember like we we were trawling through Art Station just looking at concept artist work and it was like no dis no discredit to anyone's work but it was like it was quite hard to find stuff that we really felt like fit our vibe and then we found Fritz's portfolio um, and we liked his stuff but then it was just so good because we like I remember I emailed them like as like much information as I could think of, but it was definitely just rambling, like just trying to explain <laughs> this idea that me and Mark have been talking about for a few months at that point. And yeah, it was just, it was a great moment of being like, oh, actually, I feel like we've managed to explain what we're going for because this person has like come up with stuff that really fits into our world. So, uh, I mean, I was going to ask sort of uh, who is Fritz and how you met him, but it was literally just, someone you stumbled across on the art station yeah like everyone we hired uh, for art was just uh, from like trawling through art station portfolios seems to be the best way to do it because you want to like really just base it on their work and how much of a good match it is for the oh, team wow. so everyone's like based around the world and stuff how many people ended up working on death store um technically seven uh, but at, at any given one time, there was normally like me, Mark, a concept artist and a modeler. But then, um, yeah. yeah, so we had two concept artists over the course of the project. And then we had a couple of other freelancers for like shorter um, um, jobs as well. So yeah. kind of like a four person team, but like occasionally growing and shrinking. Sure. Cool. Cool. How did you find Graham? 
Uh, he's he's Manchester-based. Yeah, M- Mark used to do a podcast with him. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. Was it as good as this podcast? No, it wasn't as good as any <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, it was just an excuse to go around because Graham was like an adult. You know, he, he you know, he <laughs> had his own house <laughs> and all this stuff, and he, we went around and he just cooked me sausages. And uh, it was me, him, and another developer called Dave, but not this Dave. Um, but yeah, we just ate sausages and junk food and played Spelunky, and then wow. did a podcast as well. Mark's idea of an adult, bearing in mind that at this point Mark was about 25, is just another man who makes him sausages. <laughs> Wait a minute, you've got a house and you make sausages? <laughs> That's a great Are you my dad? I could drown in such luxury. <laughs> um, oh, what was hang on, let me, you don't understand how good these sausages were. Like, <laughs> I normally don't like sausages, but these had like apple and onion and shit in them. They were... Brilliant. Oh, yeah. that, Ooh, fruits that and vegetables. Wow. Oh my gosh. Sounds like dreamed a of in the orphanage. to me. It was a real well, sausage. Uh, how, did you, <laughs> how, did you, how did you guys originally meet? I mean, did you just go door to door asking for sausages until you found a man <laughs> to take you in? Or how did you guys become associates? So I'm just imagining going door to door asking people for sausages now. How'd that go? You don't have um, to imagine we... it. You did it. <laughs> I, we made, met him at... I made Titan Souls. I made a game. Can I have a sausage, please? <laughs> we we actually met at like a local indie game, well, not indie game developer, but like just general game developer meetup in Manchester. Um, like nice. Graham used to, I think he somehow ended up being wrangled into organising them. That's why I think of him as an adult as well, because you know he did some organising stuff. Um, so we we were all like used to meet up, you know, in, in the before times um, at a pub, and then just like hang out, drink beers, and or whatever and then chat about games and stuff but like we met him through that i think which actually came out of uh doing local game jams as well so technically met via game jams hmm. awesome had you always wanted him to be a part of this project then um yeah he, we we knew him as like a, a good writer uh, yeah. and who we like knew as a person um so it was all like a pretty easy way to get started yeah, I think we'd mentioned working with him like a while before we started Death's Door, but Death's Door was more kind of like Mark wanting to write his his own like magnum opus of a story. <laughs> and I, I was being kind of like a pessimistic producer type and I was like, mate, you, an indie game programmer, write your own story. No way, we're getting a professional on board. So I insisted that we got like the one professional writer we knew to just to like make sure the spelling was correct. <laughs> like, like, you know polish things up a bit there was definitely a lot of pushback at the start of me be like can i write the story like uh i don't know we should maybe get someone who knows what the fuck they're doing really would you say but how... you wrote oh no go on just... you wrote the story to titan souls though right yeah, yeah. i get I yeah mean, i was by that point i'd written all five lines that were in titan souls <laughs> Yeah, 90% of the writing in Titan Souls is in, like, a gibberish language, so that, that helps sell people on the Titan Souls writing. Yeah, that was great, because I'm fluent in gibberish, so that's <laughs> Like, Are Titan you... Souls had a big old, like, story document that we had to, you know, funnel, like fuel everything behind the scenes, but that, like, never saw the light yeah. of day. Like, that's just so we know what we're doing. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I was joking, but I mean, it's true. Like, it, the, the game does, you're, like, it does come across that there is a story in Titan Souls. There's something going on that maybe me as the like, I don't read it as a player, but yeah, I, it, it yeah, is experienced yeah. by the player. Still true. Um, was it something, was that, I mean, I know we all laughed when <laughs> David said that this is your magnum opus, but was it, was it, has it, have you always, since being a game designer, is this the kind of thing that you've always wanted to do? Like, kind of realize a, a big story yeah I, I always like the idea of writing a story um i wouldn't say this is my magnum opus i don't because i i don't know like hopefully something else i can write will be even better than this next time you know <laughs> but like yeah. um i think it did turn out quite well and i did like it was one of the things i enjoyed the most is like creating a story and having it all like fit together in this um like interactive world is really fun Mm. Uh, yeah it was it's always been something i wanted to do like when i was a teenager and stuff i started like yeah. thinking oh, i'm gonna write a book and i write like a few like a page and be like jesus christ this takes forever and then give up yeah. <laughs> god do you know what i was recently but... thinking to myself like oh, one day i'd like to write a book i think i've just reached that i'm reaching that like i think i'm reaching midlife crisis mode basically <laughs> and now i want to write a book well, I've accelerated I mean, past you, and I've hit midlife crisis already. Then by you the have, time. <laughs> yeah. You've inspired me to uh, dive headfirst into my midlife crisis. Yeah, Hire Graham to help you write your book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he could just write a story about me trying to write a story. That was, that's a bit Kaufman esque, isn't it? Hello, what's on Twitter? um david hello um <laughs> uh, i want to talk about your approach to the music now because obviously we know mark kind of had this idea for the story and this is what he wanted to focus on and uh we talked a little bit about how you kind of finessed out the finesse the details and then worked with graham and then brought fritz in to help kind of realize those characters visually how did you go about putting a soundtrack to all of this and where did you start um because the music's very good i don't know if anyone's told you that but the music is I, very, yeah. very good i mean one of the most exciting things for me as this game came out was all the people freaking out about the music because i was like david Fern is destroying your mind right now he's so fucking good uh, the first time i went into the avarice and the fucking electric guitar came out i was like what the fuck <laughs> i was playing through and i was like the electric guitar is coming because it was in the fire levels in 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 tide souls and it's going to show up and it's going to be so good okay i'll be quiet yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yes that's just quiet. like that's just a, a life of playing um too many jrpgs you, you just got to bring out the electric guitar at some point yeah. like but you, you don't gotta, do it right away <laughs> you've got to be a bit and you, you can't be too anime you've just got to be a bit anime that's how you make the perfect soundtrack <laughs> never go full anime <laughs> no no 75 no. percent anime always <laughs> That's a good. Um, that's a good moderation to keep in mind. It's a good rule for everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I had um, I had a f quite a free reign for the soundtrack, I would say. Um, but it, it was just something that I. I mean, for one thing, I saved the main theme 
from 2015 because I really liked it. And I was like, this is going to be the main theme for Mine and Mark's next big game. And it was. Um, and then when we started it, um, we kind of, we first set a mood, which was in our first prototype. So we kind of like figured out what, what does this world feel like? Um, and then I just like went from there, really fleshed it out. I'd say like th- compared to all my other soundtracks, this one was written over a much longer time, um, mm. which makes it maybe a, like a bit... Um, Self-indulgent. It, it, yeah, it's very, very <laughs> self-indulgent. Yeah, but I think all the best soundtracks are really like you want you want those soundtracks yeah. where you yeah. can tell that the composer's put... like yeah, like yeah. You can tell it's David Fenn. Like, and I'm I'm not being facetious there. Like that the soundtrack. I you know it's like I'm like oh yeah, this is David. Like this is David's nice. voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like uh, yeah, this is this is a soundtrack that happens when like no one tells you to change anything really um because yeah like what like doing freelance soundtracks normally then normally you'll always be told to kind of make your music a bit more um like what would be expected for each scenario sure. i think yeah um but yeah like can't remember if mark really ever told me to change anything or anything like that that was so, the fortress music that was it. Yeah, okay, yeah. There, there was one track that was like really inspired because I used to go to church as a kid, um, and, it, and it, there was one track that was really just like one of those strange, quiet um, choral verses with a lot of gaps in it, and just like a yeah. really weird cathedral atmosphere. And Mark was just like, "I hate this." this <laughs> like it after not having any any opinion on any <laughs> of the music in the game, Mark was just like, "This is just bad." Um, yeah, everything so... you do is like great. So if, if I'm complaining, you know, you know you missed the mark on it. <laughs> yeah, it was just because it was like um, the, the silent element to it was. It was just like do 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 do, and then just just silence for like mm. five to ten seconds, and then it played something else. It was just really jarring compared to the rest of the yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, but everything else was great. Yeah. So nice. Well, I look forward to David's inevitable slide into. <sighs> avant-garde chamber music yeah john cage stuff (laughs) what were some of your inspirations did you did you were you because i I think most people can see things like zelda and um to a lesser extent um you know demon souls or dark souls and things like that like kind of on a surface level when uh they see death store but what were some of the kind of the major inspirations for you guys when you were making the game do you mean in terms of just the whole thing or music uh let's start with music then yeah we'll carry on talking about music sure um probably final fantasy 9 shadow of the colossus Oh, Final um, Fantasy Nine. Sorry, I'm derailing this already. I played Final Fantasy Nine for the first time last year, and I loved it. It's just—it's my favorite game ever. Is it? Yeah, oh yeah, big time. A lot of people's yeah. favorite Final Fantasy. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, you sound like you weren't that impressed with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I no, I mean, I liked it. It's like, wow, this is a fun game. But um, yeah, I mean, I—it's not like top five or whatever. Anyway, sorry. um but yeah like i I don't know i think um i think i think like mark's not a jrpg guy although i do find that funny because 
Death's Door does have like a properly disc-free section of the game towards the end. <laughs> um, but me and Fritz were quite big Final Fantasy IX fans, so every time I made a track, he would always be like, "Ah, oh, Final Fantasy IX vibes. And then if he was trying to sell, sell me on one of his environmental concepts, so he'd always be like, yeah, I'm looking at like some of the shape language from Final Fantasy IX. And I'd be like, oh yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> Just using buzzwords to get stuff back. <laughs> I don't think, to be fair, I don't think he ever actually said that, but you know what I mean. Mark's like, hey, I need to buy out your half of the ownership of the company. <laughs> yeah. It's a very Final Fantasy IX vibe. Just sign here. Everything's getting as far as Mark, and then Mark's like, this looks like Final Fantasy IX. Get that shit I've never out played here. it, so I can't say that ever. Oh, see, they, oh, they saw you coming, mate. <laughs> so, David, you said you said that the soundtrack is something that happens when someone doesn't come in and you know tells you to do something that's more of what's expected. And that made me curious as to, like, um, what is it that you do? What is it that you find that you do in your soundtracks or get away with, got away with in this soundtrack? Um, and maybe it's, you know, particular scene you want to talk about or not, but you know, something that you got to, like, that you got to do that doesn't, you know, it's not what people expected, but you know, um, how, how does that work for you? Like, what do you I think do? the main trick for me, like my secret is that I just make every track good. Because most games, like, if you have, like, a volcano level or a haunted house level or, like, a sewer level, generally people expect bad music for those levels because, you know, you just want something kind of, like, grimy and boring. But I just make yeah. every song just, like, quite nice and pretty. So even if it is a sewer in the game, it's like, this is just a really pleasant sewer. And Mark doesn't <laughs> tell me, like, oh, you know, this music's a bit too pretty for a sewer. So that that's the main yeah. trick, I think. I've never that's... noticed that before. I'll have to keep an eye on next time. <laughs> like if you, if you listen to <laughs> like the volcano, the volcano exploration music from Titan Souls, it's just like a really pretty chill tune that doesn't sound at yeah. all like a Mario volcano level or anything like that. <laughs> like none of that shit. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. But like, I was thinking that when I was looking at the reviews and stuff, and so many people were kind of complimenting the game on it being just like a really pleasurable experience a world that you felt really comfortable in and you know it's just a really nice place to be and stuff and i hadn't really i hadn't really clocked that um, i mean a lot of people had talked about the music but i don't think anyone had specifically said what you've just said where it's like the music yeah, there's a few moments where there's kind of like boss type music or whatever but the music never really strays too far away from just kind of nice kind of fantasy oh i'm in a nice little fantasy adventure music there's no like yeah. that's why yeah. we go to the source robbie that's why we go to the source yeah <laughs> i was i was listening to uh john williams's star wars original like you know a new hope soundtrack the other day and it's kind of the same thing we're like like no matter what's happening in that movie how like you know low level the scene is the music is always at a hundred percent whatever it's yeah. supposed to be and like i'm like listening to like these like, you know i've got like the extended you know version like two disc version and there's like you know this scene like it doesn't even, like the track doesn't even have a name it's just like the part of the movie it's in and it's just like fuck he's just going all the way with this so that's really <laughs> that's really cool that that's also like that's how you like you approach the games because i mean it's it's great and it's really wonderful to see people excited about it and uh and, and it clicking with them that's awesome congrats <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard not to gush about david yeah music. i know 
Well, let's move on to Mark then. We'll stop talking to David for a bit. So this game is a lot more complicated than Titan Souls was. Titan Souls was so minimalist. You know, it was one. Like it was it was a game jam about the number one or something like that. Or like one, like that was the theme, you right? You only is get that one. That was the theme, yeah. You only get one. And you guys took that and made it fucking work in an incredible way. Uh, how was it to get to do kind of more in-depth mechanics Definitely. on this game? It was definitely like fun for sure, but it was also like more. Yeah. It, there was just a lot more room to maneuver here, so we had way less restrictions on us, which can be kind of like uh, at the first, like when you start out doing stuff, having those restrictions is quite good because um, it gives you a direction to go in. It's like okay, I can't do this, I can't do that, so I have to do this, and then you you kind of follow the chain along and you. You, everything kind of just starts to fit together but with this you, you're like okay i can go in any direction w- what do i do where do i go so we just kind of have to like i think i think we picked like the formula of zelda as a structural kind of thing to go with and that gave us some direction in the beginning and then you just kind of like let it organically grow from that point yeah did you have a lot of fun doing like subtle things that people because i so i've you know there's a lot of things i didn't catch but I've, I've you guys have been tweeting out like hey here's a tip you know do this and do that and like you'll get more damage out of it and things like that or you know if you charge the hammer all the way you get lightning and, and things like that is it fun doing those kind of low-key things for people to find yeah i think that's like my my favorite part of it is like the all the little bits just putting those together that people can use but um i think if i did it again or like did it in a new game, for example, it would be, I'd like to focus on some of those things more. So giving people more like options of what they can do. Like we kind of like dabbled in it a bit here. So with the um, like RPG kind of elements to it, mm. like you get different weapons uh, with different powers and then like you can level up strength and dexterity and stuff like that. But I, I kind of like the idea of um, being able to create your own character, um, like a build type system for like any future games. Um, for this cool. yeah it, <laughs> i'm excited at the idea of you doing that <laughs> yeah, yeah so I, I i can't wait to like do more stuff but like i i still need to keep fixing stuff with this game first sure. um, well yeah. and you'll probably you know go into another game and be like oh we should do something like this no fuck off we're gonna go do something else for two years <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing which is fair um although you know you you would like to do something uh, more in depth in the next game. One of the things I really liked about Death Door is that it kind of gives you the feeling of an RPG without being slavish to a lot of the RP- classic RPG elements and kind of allows it allows for the game to just keep moving. I never felt like I was like grinding or you know scavenging around for specific loot or anything like this it was always kind of you always kind of feel like you're moving in the right direction and you're always moving forwards through the story as well which i really liked was that like a conscious decision to do that yeah i think um we didn't want any of that stuff to kind of slow you down in any way like you could you could easily like and have to go through the game without getting any upgrades and still beat it all it doesn't like it doesn't give you too much of an advantage to increase those things but you can kind of start to feel it so it has a little, little bit of an impact on gameplay it makes things a bit more um like just a bit more fluid and uh, lubricates the experience a bit i guess but um oh nice yeah yeah I like that. <laughs> so like the story stuff and like the way the game 
flows from one section to another we wanted that to be kind of it's kind of like a linear experience really which is the mm. best way to tell a story right if you've got like a crazy open world thing it's kind of harder to express totally. like an actual linear story but um, mm. yeah we wanted to have that but also have the uh the secrets and stuff that you can find as an optional thing so you, you can like go and find if you go down every nook and cranny of the world you'll get loads of extra souls which you can use as the currency to buy those upgrades and stuff so it's just kind of like um everything's a bit more optional for that stuff yeah yeah exploration is recorded rewarded but not required yeah exactly yeah that's great yeah i think we often thought about what kind of things words like demotivate a player or cause like a bit of friction <laughs> right. or like just like you know it's in the modern day then you're you don't want people to lose their interest and attention like whatsoever because they will just move on to something else immediately yeah. so oh, yeah. even just like considering the pace of each cutscene in the game like if you or even just the amount of words that are going to show on screen um in at one time in a paragraph like if that is too many words then that is enough to like for someone to lose interest so i think just like little things like that to try and make the game as like fast moving and well paced as possible is something that we were always conscious of wow yeah hadn't even really thought about that um w- were there any kind of games that you really <clears throat> liked because of the way that they did things like that or any games that you sort of almost tried to emulate probably loads i think probably from e- like from either of us like we would always try and bring up examples of games that we thought did a good job like even just um <clears throat> not to like talk about the dialogue boxes again but like I, <laughs> I i was always like um showing mark just how like dialogue is presented in final fantasy 9 just like so uh concise like e- e- each yeah. sentence like conveys the exact right amount of information and then moves on to the next and um, I think I was pushing for like dialogue boxes to be done in a certain way that had that kind of momentum as well. Yeah, we made That's... it just like the one sentence kind of thing, like a small burst of text. So was, you were never just presented with a wall of text to go through, which that will make me just immediately just skip it and not read it as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants it. That's and cool, I think we, yeah, um, we also like, um, we knew that we wanted a good amount of, um, self-directed exploration but we knew that that as well can be quite overwhelming and demotivating early on in a game so we kind of carefully structured like the game like there's an exciting moment within the first two minutes of the game because you go straight into a boss fight and then like you've got an hour or two to like do a bit more exploration but you're still fairly linear and then when you get the fire power up then you actually can go in so many different places in that moment so having that kind of, like at that point when you've got the firepower up you've seen enough exciting stuff to hopefully mm. be on board with the game and like you know you're not going to really easily dismiss it and move on to the next thing so that's a better time to encourage players to um you know start taking things a bit more slowly and start exploring a bit more deeply man that's so smart that's insightful yeah <laughs> You guys are pretty good at this. I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go along. <laughs> I'm to sound clever. No, it's really good. But it also goes back. I mean, it's reminded me now of you saying about, you know, placing those restrictions or like having those restrictions. Originally, say in Titan Souls, you had those restrictions kind of placed on you because of the theme of the game jam. And ultimately it, it resulted in a really cool concept in a really cool game. And then this time around, 
you imposed certain restrictions on certain things like the text for example in order to make the game better and not only did i think you did that really well but i was just going to say that like even by knowing that even by choosing to scale back on a lot of um you know not having too many words on the screen i, I feel like you get you've retained you've made like the characters so memorable still managed like they all have like a unique way of talking they all just feel yeah, all... really well realized yeah 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 like i guess when we were writing that stuff we kind of i was trying to um give them a personality each uh, and i think graham helped with a few of those at the end like there's yeah. a couple that weren't really um they weren't like they didn't really have their own personality that they could have had um i think yeah, the one barb. That i'm remembering yeah barb was the one that like needed a little bit extra barb um, basically just had pot had exact same personality again until we did the final pass of the script <laughs> <laughs> it just i guess so that's it's... my default is just like oh yeah pothead is just if i was writing character like, like they'd all yeah. be pothead yeah yeah <laughs> But I guess that goes to show that that like the distinctive personalities that that was something that we were putting conscious effort into, for sure. Yeah. Did you ever have certain voices in your head? Had you ever thought about uh, having voice actors? Um, we never considered voice actors. Nah, I think it's too much of a, a hassle. I think to do that, expensive and everything. And I, I yeah. to, for me, I think when people read it like when i read stuff like in games it kind of the personality comes through like to what my imagination wants it to be whereas if you have a voice actor that's kind of forced upon you and one thing i've noticed like from watching people in twitch streams is loads of people will read out the dialogue and they'll do it in really cool different voices and that's something i definitely love seeing and hearing that's so nice. i'll uh, nice. any anything yeah, in the future will be that. the same like Want to want to hear people reading it out in their own crazy voices? Yeah, I want people to imagine like the weirdest voice possible for every character, <laughs> which is something that you know it would be hard for us to find the weirdest voice actor possible for every character. So I like that. How did you do the voice for Grandma? Actually, was that you, or did you record Steph or something? I did. In the end, I did uh, record myself like i put i really tried to sound as much like an old woman as possible and it really wasn't easy for me um, <laughs> you turned love out old well. women so much <laughs> uh this, this goes back to dialogue um cutting the signs who did that joke whose joke is that that was uh yeah that was me and uh David, joke, David told me several times to just not do that. It's like, we've got shit yeah. to do. Stop fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> David, you were fucking like, wrong. I, I said, this, this is kind of weird. I think this, I think this is a waste of time. And then Mark's I was like, nah, trust me, trust me. This is going to be like the best thing about the game. And now because of that, I have to listen to everything Mark ever says in the future because he was entirely right. And the, the video, the tweet of someone like sharing the sign being cut in half has more retweets and likes than any of our official marketing. So Mark was I right. Mean, people still talk about that. Like, and I, I, you know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, people are still talking about Death Door, which is great. But like, I think I read, there was like an article came out yesterday, or I think it was an interview, it was an IGN interview. And 
uh, like I think in the opening paragraph it was mentioned again, and I was like, <laughs> "How is this still being referenced?" <laughs> like, I mean, how has that it? joke not happened a hundred times already? How yeah. had we not already experienced that joke? It was so um, it was so simple and so new, and it was like <gasps> like the perfect joke is one that's like so obvious, and everyone should yeah. have thought of it, but nobody thought of it, and then somebody thinks of it, and you're like, "Holy shit!" It's, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> that's a that's a top quality joke that that is going to change video games that joke is going to show up <laughs> in other games now that would be funny if it does terrific. yeah i definitely I can't definitely. really say like people are like, oh it's such a clever thing and then i remember when i was doing it i was probably just like uh, i'm gonna make the sign do this just like absolutely <laughs> yeah. not really overthinking it at all but like i think i i discovered accidentally something with uh, the unity ui where you can mask stuff off so it like doesn't render certain parts of it i was like oh we could just like chop this sign in half and then have it only render one half of it and i did that and david was like oh it just looks it just looks really unpolished like that so i just like (laughs) i kept i kept having to like change it to make it look better and like ended up doing this like little mask to make it have like a little chopped edge to it yeah when it when it got Uh to that point like this is a good example of like how our workflow is where like i'll i'll present like an idea that's kind of weird and David will be like, okay, that's weird. Um, if you make it like this, it'll be good. You should like do that. And like, okay. So collaboratively, it, it ends up like being better because without yeah. David telling me to do that, it would have been just like a clean break in the middle of this sign or something, which maybe wouldn't have been as funny. Yeah, yeah thanks to my moaning that it actually has like a rough <laughs> off, which that's, yeah, I mean, helps help that's the joke. A- that's how good things happen though you got one person on the gas and one person on the brake and you come up with you come up with something good and you don't drive off a cliff either so yeah yeah you don't drive off a cliff <laughs> you, you get where you're going no it's it's so good and it, i love that it looks so good thank you david for making it not you know look like <laughs> you're welcome mark make it look like ass <laughs> yeah um because it's so cute and it's like you can read the top of the sign and the bottom of the sign. <laughs> yeah. it's a yeah. fucking choice uh, um were you going to say something, Jam? I was going to. I thought I I had a thing, but it's gone now. Okay. Um. Well, I was going to say uh, something that I've also forgotten. Um. So We're good at this. What I'll say is, um, how have you guys found the response to be? Oh, to the... I had it. Sorry. <laughs> How's the response to the game? Pretty great. Like. Uh, yeah it's kind of kind of crazy really um just with titan souls that was a, a quite polarizing game um yeah. and I, I remember there was like neg- a lot of negativity around it when it came out and stuff so like not loads but like it some people just hated it and some people really loved it so when this came out we got mostly just like like just everyone seemed to love it which was kind of insane to us um so it was a really good positive experience like definitely the first few yeah. days after coming out i just like look through all the tweets and stuff like constantly just like like warming my heart like oh this is great like mm. we've actually done something good like i, I genuinely spent, launching. i genuinely spent the first like three or four days just like in a state of tension like people are gonna start saying the game's bad now like everything's going oh. too well someone's gonna like like oh. like so something's gonna just crumble and everyone's gonna start like saying that the game's shit they're gonna um, find the swastikas that you hid in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know. I don't, I think I mean everyone knows that when you release a game, it's quite a um, a weird time. Like it's mm. quite hard to keep morale morale up at that time. Because um, yeah. like I don't know, there's like such a rush, and then like the world moves on pretty quickly. But I think for us, we've actually managed to just have like the perfect possible experience. Like I don't know that. I feel like everything about Death's Door, from the announcement to like all the previews to the release, and like even still today, it's like I just never knew the internet could be so positive and nice. It's like it's just. <laughs> I remember. I remember when we did the um, the we did our, our we announced the game on um, Twitch Gaming, like a big live stream event. Yeah. And yeah. after, and we had to do like an interview on it, and then afterwards, I just like played it back on mute and with the video off screen, so I could just read the chat. And I was just like bracing myself, but literally it was just like an absolute, um, just like every single comment was just like, wow, this game looks so great. Wow, these devs are so nice. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. interesting. Oh, I love hearing about this. Like, it just, I, I, like it sounded, it, it was almost like it was like someone had played a joke on us to like get everyone yeah. to pretend it was really good. But yeah, everyone was just so positive. Oh, I couldn't believe it. David caught on. <laughs> we got <laughs> yeah. you guys. Nobody likes your game. It's trash. We've actually, uh, yeah. No, it's, yeah. No, congrats. That's amazing. Yeah, you deserve well all of the success. Um, you and the rest of the team. Because uh, I think we can all agree, you know, it's just, it's an absolute triumph of a game. It really is. I can remember uh, finishing it uh shortly before it came out earlier this year and um i think that was when i said to someone maybe it was nigel at devolver that i was like this is like this is like zelda for everyone you know it's like <laughs> it's because it's it's for you know for people that have xbox and pc it's like now they get a zelda game that is nice. like up there with all of the actual Zelda games, like it's it's as good, um, and I think it it absolutely deserves all the success. Um, yeah, so just don't you know, don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier said than done. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah, it's a lot more accessible than Titan Souls, just because it's not as brutally difficult right out the gate yeah yeah definitely um and there's a lot more to do so that probably softens you know a lot of that but mm. what was the you know you guys were working on it you know you two guys have worked together forever and ever um and the game started long before the pandemic but it sounds like you only met once like as four people so i'm just curious from a kind of a technical standpoint like what is it like how do you, how do you how do you collaborate? What tools do you guys use to work remotely with uh, your contractors and with the guys that you you know are work with um, Fritz and and Graham? Like what 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 do you guys use? What tools do you guys use? Um, we had a Discord going the whole time, and we had an Asana with like everyone's tasks listed. And I think like the trick, the absolute like secret for us in terms of, I mean, this probably wouldn't work for everyone, but. We just, we never had meetings. Like, meetings are rubbish. We All we ever did was make the game. So we, um, I, I think part of it is, like, having a trust in your collaborators that their ideas will be good. Um, and then, like, a lot of the time that we would use, like, the first idea that an artist came up with because, like, 
I don't know. I have this theory that some like one thing where loads of developers go wrong is that there's this like traditional process where you'll um, create four designs and then you'll have this meandering discussion about like, oh yeah, can we do like the nose from this one and the ears from this one and the scarf yeah. from this one? And like every time the end result is worse than if the artist had just done their idea <laughs> to begin with. Do you because remember... it's like, yeah, sorry, what were you saying? No, no, you go. Oh, I was just gonna. All I can think about is that fucking documentary about episode one, The Phantom Menace. Have you seen oh, that right. documentary? It's on I've YouTube. It. Holy shit! <laughs> it's a documentary about the making of The Phantom Menace, and there's a scene in it where George Lucas is going around to the artists' studios, and he's like <laughs> putting a stamp on all of the designs that he likes. Uh, for yeah. the various aliens and stuff like this and then and he does exactly that like they have all <laughs> of these things out there and he's like oh and he's just like giving the most inane feedback and like just clearly making the worst choices and like you can see like all the artists are like stood there it's like a whole room full of people and they're all just like stood there just like fucking like biting their fists like this is yeah. the most ass clenchingly painful thing <laughs> we've ever done Oh my god. Yeah, so fair play. <laughs> you made the yeah. right choice. Yeah, not to not to criticize George Lucas, but yeah, I feel like that that at least that's what worked for us. It was to like not do that at all really. And I mean, you know, there is always a process of like asking for some changes and do like making things match the vision, but generally like just not too much like like every single little detail doesn't need like a endless discussion and i think we've got better at that as developers over time so i think that's um that was one of the tricks for collaboration so, so you don't have meetings so you have the discord and then like fritz will pop like just post an image in the discord and everyone comments or pretty much you... that yeah. yeah yeah cool fritz Very came cool. like fritz did a couple of trips um to manchester because uh yeah. I feel like art direction was the the one thing that we really needed like a close collaboration on. Um, yeah. But then like obviously modeling is more kind of just like realize the, that art, just yeah. like make it work in the game. So that has more kind of, the, the feedback for modeling is more objective, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then Sarah was able to um, like match Fritz's style and like develop the world more because the world was already like... Um, Kind of, kind of half realized when she came on so she was able to like like build upon it in a way that was um easier to do sounds cool. like we need to do an art book or something oh maybe. definitely yeah maybe yeah. i don't know if you guys know the folks at special reserve games but we have a contact <laughs> over there <laughs> This has been, we're just coming up to an hour now, um, so I think we can think about wrapping things up, but I just want to say again, really, like, obviously, thanks for joining us to record the podcast, but, like, just thanks for making a really good game. It's You're welcome. a pleasure to just be a part of it with you, really. Like, honestly, like, it's just, it's been amazing, like, 
getting to know you guys first through Titan Souls and like the initial relationship there and then just watching you grow over the last few years and as the game is coming together and then for it to come out and be so warmly received and to do so well is just like impossibly loved yeah it's fucking great man it does feel it does feel pretty wild that like the reason that we work with Devolver is because we made a three day jam game and (laughs) I assume Nigel tweeted at us about it and like now here we are with uh, with Death Store as a result of that good job Nigel (laughs) he's not listening (laughs) um cool JM, do you want to take us home? Oh, uh, sure. Mark, Dave, Dave, you have any anything you want to say before we go? Um, well, how are you guys? I haven't really spoke about you too much. Doing all right. Robbie's got a new got new lights I've on his bike. I've got a new chair as well. And he's got, got a new chair. chair. I've got lights on my bike. Yeah, we should have been talking about that this whole time. When you're describing yeah. that chair, I was just like, I can't not imagine just like a barber's chair. Because of the footstool thing. <laughs> it's not far off. So if you imagine a barber's chair, but try and like visualize it looking like, you know, just like a plastic and nylon <laughs> office chair <laughs> <laughs> that you'd see in a normal office. It's exactly that. And it's got wheels on it. It sounds like a chair that I'm going to get to see Robbie fall out of during one of our weekly meetings. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, cause it sounds, because I've had chairs that lean back and have wheels and all kinds of things. And... <laughs> Oh, it's the best. Yeah. It's, it's really upped my PC gaming uh, <laughs> credentials. Because now I can I can properly... I'm not, like, hunched over my keyboard and mouse anymore. I can actually, like, lay back. That like the guy, right. Like the guy in uh, the World of Warcraft episode of South Park. <laughs> Remember that guy? Good. That's yep. perfect. Like yeah, that. That's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> that's is, exactly it, what is it like a pro for. gamer chair, then? It's not a pro gamer chair. It's it's definitely an office chair, but oh. it's kind of like a hybrid. It's, it's a great. Posh office chair. It took me a long time to find the right one. A hybrid, like a Prius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Prius of office chairs. The Prius of office chairs. I got my my motor on my bicycle working. Uh, I have a I have a motorized front wheel, so now I can run longer errands. So I'm very excited about that. It's not as cool as Robbie's chair, but I've got a little button I can push and my bike will help me go uphill. Well, if we get a motor on Robbie's chair, then... Oh, all bets (laughs) are off. done. Just fucking spin it around as fast as possible. You'll never see me again. (laughs) Fucking great. Uh, Cool. Well... uh, People can follow Acid Nerve at Acid Nerve. Correct. On Twitter. Anywhere else? Um, Go to deathstore.com. That's it. Playdeathstore.com. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, everybody should play Death Store. It's great. Uh, and it's made by great people, as you have heard here on this Devolver Digital forecast. You can follow Devolver Digital at Devolver Digital on Twitter. Uh, you can f- join us on our Discord. We don't develop games there, but we talk a lot of shit. Um, and then twitch.tv slash Devolver Digital. You can go to devolverdigital.com to learn about Death Store and other fun Devolver Digital products that you can purchase with your real goddamn money. Um, did I get them all, Robbie? Yep. Sweet. Thanks, right. Mark. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Thank Robbie. You. Everyone Thanks, say bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Wow.